Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Fitter, Healthier Dad podcast, where you can learn how to improve your diet, lose fat, and get fitter in a sustainable and fun way without spending hours in the gym. Here is your host, Darren Kirby. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. This is the number one podcast for men in their 40s who want to improve their health through nutrition and fitness. This is episode 136, and on today's episode, we are going to be discussing taking care of your health instead of waiting until there's a problem before paying attention to your health. Joining me is Dr. Patrick Flynn. Dr. Flynn is a chiropractor and the founder of The Wellness Way. As a young child, he was labelled trouble because he had difficult time learning, focusing and existing within the school system. Years later, as a teenager, he went through a series of events that led him to discover he had immune issues which contributed to his neurological setbacks. This discovery inspired Dr. Flynn to begin his journey of defining his purpose and initiating his pursuit of education. I'd also like to thank the show's sponsors, Athletic Greens, now known as AG1. Their mission is to empower people to take ownership of their health. Athletic Greens brings convenient daily nutrition to just about everybody. Taking a bunch of pills and capsules is hard on the stomach and hard to keep up with. AG1 has 75 vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics and adaptogens and in one convenient daily serving. Their philosophy is to focus on a very small number of products based on what the latest science indicates is essential to human health. Athletic Greens is offering the listeners of the show 10% off their first order. So just head over to athleticgreens.com forward slash fitter healthier dad to get 10% off your first order. Hey, Dr. Patrick, thanks very much for joining me on the podcast today. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks very much for taking some time out of your busy schedule to join us on the podcast. I'm super excited to have this conversation today, um, purely because there's two huge topics that we're now talking about as a result of uh, the pandemic, but I still don't feel that we're talking about them enough. Um, mm-hmm. And that is metabolic health uh, and yes. inflammation. Um, and I actually came across you only fairly recently uh, as I was scrolling through Instagram one Friday night and mm-hmm. there was an interview and I did some delving in, I came across you and you were sitting out in your garden having this conversation and it really resonated me with me. So I really wanted to get you on the podcast because you're doing some fantastic work and your speeches and stuff like that. So Thank for you. people that haven't come across you, stumbled across you on a Friday night, scrolling through Instagram, can you give us a bit of background and, and insight into you? Yeah, it's a, it's actually a, it's a very short story, but from many, many years ago, I decided that I wanted to become a, a doc when I was 13 years old because I had my own health issues. Right. And because the health issues that resonated, I didn't uh, have success in the medical field. Mm. Um, it doesn't mean that the doctors weren't trying. They really do. The doctors cared dramatically, and, and, uh, but their methods of taking care of people just couldn't get me where I wanted to be. And right. we still see that of today. So I started to move into the field of nutrition and immunology, and then I actually moved more to a natural profession like chiropractic and things like that. But the thing was this, I realized that both the medical and natural field um, couldn't answer some questions. And obviously, the majority of people know that I'm big on female hormones, obviously. But uh, long story short is I started to put together a different way of thinking when it came to actually health. 
and then started one clinic in Green Bay, Wisconsin in 1999. And now we have over 90 clinics across the U.S. and Europe okay. and it seems to be getting bigger in all time that way, based on some of the things that we're going to talk about today that I think are still very unique in healthcare. Yeah, absolutely. And then just a quick question then, do you have any, any clinics in the UK? Um, Ireland, we have one coming up in Sweden and one coming in England soon. So okay. we do have Ireland right now. And so, yes. Yeah, I think they're, they're very much needed. Yeah. So, so yeah, let, let's, let's start off, I think, by, by talking about the way that, in inverted commas, healthcare has evolved. Because we have approached health up until this point and still are in the main that health is something that you fix. Okay. And my belief is that that's completely incorrect and we have to change that. So where do you stand on that and this, this term of, of health and, and fixing health? Well, understand what you've been teaching because you have a fabulous website. Um, understanding what you're putting out there. Um, I'm going to change your language. It's not a belief. What happens is you have to have more of a belief in medical care of being healthcare than what we do. Right. Do you understand? Because we're looked at as the alternative and really we're really mainstream. Their disease management, pathology, you know, in, in its sad part, it's not health. Mm. You, know, you can, United States, UK, everything, they call themselves healthcare. It has nothing to do with healthcare. It's actually, right. they, even, even with all the things that went on with the pandemic, it's all just a disease management. Um, because you know something? If you were healthy, you would have survived COVID like it was nothing. Right. See, so the, the concept, and I, and I created an analogy. Uh, this analogy now has been used all over the world by doctors of all kinds, and I'm hoping that you, know, you could use it too. I would tell people, that in a way to distinguish it, to really give the public an example of how we can separate what you and I are doing compared to what the, what the rest of the world is taught upon, I would tell people this. I want you to think about, um, let's say that we're sitting here, and all of a sudden, somebody's house catches on fire. Right. We understand that, that the fire department is the best people to pull up that situation. Why? They're professional. They're trained to handle that extreme situation. Time is the essence, so they got to get there quickly. But the fire right. department only really has two tools to deal with. They have an ax and a hose. Right. And by helping the house put out the major fire, they have to break down doors, break down windows, water the inside, outside the house, which saves the house, but it causes a lot of destruction. Right. And you're not mad that it does, but here's what happens this. They get there in time. They do their job. They put the fire. Great you still have a burnt up house. Mm. Now, I tell people this, you would never ask the fire department to help you rebuild your house with an accident hose, right. okay? But on the flip side, now you need a totally different professional that needs to rebuild the house. And even if the fire department's still there and there's no chance in our fire, if a carpenter walks in and says, you know something, this house is a mess. I gotta mm. rip out this wall, rip out this carpet and rebuild this house. Both professionals are right based on the need of the house. You never yeah. ask the carpenter to put out a fire with a, with a hammer and a nail and plaster. But now if you take that example, I know I'm going through it quickly. That's how you have to look at healthcare. Mm. Because here's what happens this. If somebody has COVID-19, somebody has a heart attack or stroke, somebody has something where the house catches on fire, yeah. you may need drugs or surgery, axes and hoses to put it out. But that's right. not healthcare. Right. Because that's, that's the point where there's an emergency situation and we based our whole healthcare system on axes and hoses, drugs and surgeries all across the world. And today, if you even talk about something like a carpenter, mm. guess what happens? They, I'm kicked off of YouTube, I'm kicked off of Facebook. At least I do have Instagram left, but here's <laughs> what happens this. So you and I come along, we talk about carpenter language. So if somebody mm. does survive a fire, someone does survive cancer, heart disease, COVID that way, our questions are going, a healthy person doesn't have heart attacks. A healthy person doesn't have cancer. A healthy person doesn't die from COVID. Right. So we go, what do we need to do to keep this house strong? Mm. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And we know this. 
an obese person, high blood sugar, weight gain is one of the major cofactors, comorbidities for, for uh, COVID-19. Yeah. So, and it's, not, and it's just in general, because here's what happens this. Even if you survived from fire department medical care, if you get my analogy, from drugs or surgery through COVID, when SARS-CoV-27 comes out, you're yeah. going to be the same process because your house is still weak and burnt up. You yeah. follow me? Yeah. So that's 100%. why you have to have a belief more in medicine and surgery than actually understanding a healthy body, which is a God-given trait that you're genetically programmed for. Nobody on this podcast, nobody on this planet is genetically programmed for disease. You're actually genetically programmed for health, but if you're doing bad things, your genes are going to respond to, to your bad habits. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a great analogy, the fire department analogy you use. And, and yeah, you're right. It kind of has switched my perspective on, on, on how to look at it. So yep. obviously now we're talking about... Um, prevention we're talking about maintaining ourselves not necessarily our health so like i said at the beginning of the podcast there's two main topics i want to discuss which is metabolic health and obviously um inflammation so let's start with inflammation because when you talk to a lot of people about it their instant reaction is well they look at themselves externally right and they say well i'm not inflamed i'm fine you know i feel okay Mm -hmm. We only feel as good as what you've ever experienced anyway. So you don't know if you can feel any better in the first instance. So can we talk about what inflammation is and what we're doing on a daily basis, which could cause that? Yeah. Well, if you look at inflammation, let's stand from a simple response. Inflammation is nothing more to, for than an immune response to actually take care of something that didn't belong in the body. You know right. And that could be a virus. That could be a food. That yeah. could be a toxin. That could be something you breathe from the air. That could actually, believe it or not, actually be a bad mental thought. Right. And because inflammation results from a physical stressor, a chemical stressor, and an emotional stressor. So if you think about this, and the majority of inflammation is silent. Okay. Yeah. Now, the number one killer still across the whole world by far is heart disease. Okay. You know that, Justin. I'm going to give you some U.S. stats. I don't know in, in the U.K. and stuff yeah. like that, but let's just give you some U.S. stats to give the picture of it that way. If you go to the American Heart Association website, 70% of people that find out they have heart disease, do you know what the number one symptom is? No. It's death. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Death. Because that's why it's called the silent killer. Yeah. Because here's what happens this. The people that get the pain in the up in the jaw, people get the pain on the left arm, they're lucky. They're actually lucky because the symptomatology of inflammation presented itself in a way to where maybe you need a drug or surgery to stay alive. Yeah. You know what I'm so if you look at, that's why when people tell me I'm healthy, I'm like, really? What's your CRP levels at? Mm. What's your LDH levels at? What are all your markers? See, I've always been a great doc that said, listen, we don't guess, we test. And he tests you since you're little. It's like your testosterone levels. It's like everything that way. It's like your blood sugar. It's like every factor should be tested upon, not mm. from a pathology disease standpoint, but from a function standpoint, because here is happens this. You can have a CRP of three, which you're developing heart disease because you're a teenager, and you might not manifest that symptom until you're 35 years old or 40 years old. And if you're right. really one of the unlucky ones, you could actually be dead. Yep. And you always hear this. Charlie never had a sick day in his life, but then yeah. also dropped out of a heart attack. Yep. See, Inflammation, for example, is silent triggers that makes your immune system respond that now can lead to damaged tissue. Right. So it's our job to actually, from when you're little on, to actually find those inflammatory things. For example, I'm a doc because I actually react to eggs. Now, okay. John, I ate eggs for so long 
And until I had a huge episode, which people say now is an allergy. No, I had a little inflammatory pebble in my shoe every single day, every single day. It was causing psychiatric problems. And that's why I was diagnosed as a juvenile delinquent in third grade. Then that's why I actually became a doc. Right. And their idea was, let's just give these things to respond to allergies. Well, let me ask you a question. Do allergy shots make you healthy? No. No. No, they try to manipulate your immune response, which can create more inflammation. Do you understand? So that's the difference between looking at the fire department viewpoint. And so guys, you know my analogy, call mess in the fire department. And people like us are carpenter doctors. People like us are carpenters trying to always figure out because you know just as well as I do, and you even do it on your website. There's no two people that are like, even if they're twins. Yeah. So there can be no standard of healthcare when it comes to something natural, when it comes to something medical, when it comes to a vaccine that can affect everybody the same. So when people can say, just everybody do this and the pandemic will go away. Or everybody do this and your weight loss will come. Everybody do this, this. It doesn't work that way. No, no. There's markers that need to be tested for each individual. And simple blood work that you can get by you, simple yeah. urine work, simple things that you can get done on a regular basis. But that's the difference when you're looking at trying to take care of somebody to be healthy, which you're genetically programmed for, compared to waiting till they fall apart and catch on fire. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. And I think, you know, this whole... Um what you said there you know we don't guess we test i like i love that analogy because you know we have come to this point where we don't even consider that right we we do guess and and i always use the car analogy right you wouldn't drive your car for years and years and years without having it maintained yet we do that with our bodies right we drive it for years and years and years and never test it so i think also technology has helped the us giving us the ability now to test right exactly Yep. So what would you say are, are like the key factors that people should think about if they're listening to this and they're really serious about their health, testing yep. on a, you know, on a six month basis, on an annual basis? Yep. Well, it's different for males and females. Right. Okay. Um, if we look at some major things that, and let's even go down the aspects of conditions itself, but I mm. will say this, if you look at now, obviously people are going to say this because I'm a big hormone person. I think we start with males. We got to get their testosterone levels and all the other hormones. We really do. And then we have to actually find the inflammatory markers that can actually draw from that. Because if we can maintain really good testosterone levels, we can reduce massive amount of conditions and disease and fires from even happening. Right. right? And I know it's simple, but people do not realize this. And this is where we'll really significantly, I know you and I are going to connect at a high level. We in UK, because I see your commercials, I watch this all over the world that way. Do you understand globally, we have the lowest testosterone levels in record history right now. Okay. And here's what happens this, and people do not realize this, the number one, and I love when people try to debate this and and they go research this and they, they, uh, they actually come and go, Oh, doc, I didn't didn't realize you're right. You see more advertisements for low T commercial. You can't watch a sporting event without having a low T commercial or or some even magic supplement that way and stuff like that. But I can tell you by a shadow of a doubt, the number one thing, that's destroying men is low testosterone. And the reason why it is, is because their consumption of sugar, right? Because their sugar is converting their testosterone into, into the estrogens. They're becoming more woman-like they're becoming, that's why if you see there's more gynecomastia ever in history, there's more fertility problems. You know, one out of three couples right now have some form of fertility problem. And that's actually where my world actually became so big on. But the idea is this is the cool thing is this that's, that's under control for guys. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? 
fasting is immensely important for men. Mm. Never do as a woman. Anybody that fasts as a woman will destroy their health. See, that's why women are different. And see, right. but once again, they say, oh, everybody should fast. That's not true. Women should never fast. Men should fast on a regular basis. Heck, I'm on day, I just did 18 days. I'm doing our eight right now. It's right. important. And so that metabolic health, so you look at those R markers. I mean, guys, if you haven't gotten your hemoglobin A1C, just even your standard glucose, just even yeah. your LDH, just even your CRP, all those markers that can lead to all those destructive conditions, including heart disease and cancers and things like that. Mm. So simple markers that can really dictate where you're going. And it should be done on a regular basis. So right. don't wait for a pathology or disease to get tested because that's what our medical system across the world, even over by you, thinks about. No, no, yeah. no. You need to see where your body's at on a regular basis with some basic labs that can really dictate if you're going the right direction because it's surprising. Men have higher estrogen levels ever in history right now yep. because their habits are so bad that they're converting their testosterone into estrogen like crazy. Yeah, and you can see it in body composition and stuff like that, yes. right? It's it's a very telling sign. So I'm really glad you brought up the topic of testosterone because with the listeners yep. that listen to the podcast and the guys that I work with, you know, mm -hmm. Can you just delve into it? some of the, obviously symptoms, uh, sorry, sugar is one of the causes, but what are the symptoms that people could think that, that could identify with the fact they potentially could have low testosterone? Well, let's even do this. Look down. If your belly sticks out more than your chest does, it, yeah. it's already going down. Right. See, and, and here's what happens to this. It starts massively with your liver. Right. You know, right now, fatty liver disease is at all time high. I can honestly tell you, I've, oh, I have so many pre and post ultrasounds on guys just with their liver. Because yeah, I remember guys, you produce testosterone that's going to be converted to its free form and things like that. It can be converted to DHT, which can actually cause yeah. a ton of problems that way. It's interesting because see, and here's where I want to caution everybody. I will never now understand because I'm more of a carpenter doctor. Okay. Right. As I get my analogy, I don't base anything on symptomatology at all, right? Because you can have levels at 400, which by medical standards is great and still have a sex drive and things like that. But if you're, you know, I'm 47, my testosterone level is at 486. They right. say, doc, or no, excuse me, my, my testosterone level is at 846, right. 846. they like, that's teenage levels. Uh-uh, that's called taking care of them. So they right. maintain it at a great level that way and stuff like that. But the idea is this, and there's, there's guys that can have levels of 300 and still have a sex drive, still have mm -hmm. energy, Yep. Like that, and that's where they get confused. It's like, right. don't base anything on symptomatology ever because that 300 is not cardioprotective and your arteries can start to degenerate and start to become inflamed and still have a sex drive and still have energy and still all things like that. So never judge your health ever by how you feel, yeah. ever. See, that's why it's, it's hard for me to give a panel of symptoms mm. because I don't care about it. I want to see your yeah. blood work. Yeah. And that, and that's a fair comment. And I'm glad you've said that because yeah, it, all too often we'll listen to something like this and we're like, we'll pick up on a point we're like, ah, that's the reason. No, go and get yourself tested. And it yeah. is so easy, even in the UK now to get it yourself is. tested, right? Instead yes. of just going to that pill or that quick fix and stuff like that. Something I want to share with you actually, that actually came out in the UK last week, which is horrifying. They say that one in 10 children below the age of 12 now in the UK have fatty liver disease. Yes, they do. And, and I actually, your stats on what, cause you guys have universal healthcare. Mm. You're saying diabetes takes up such a huge chunk of your economic money used. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And, and the sad part is this, and I love your website uh, because you're very direct. 
Mm. And that's what I appreciate about it because we have to have the conversations. And, and let's say the majority of people are watching and guys right now, guys, stop the damn sugar. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. I'm sorry. Stop yeah. it. Because here's what happens. And this is where I am not a fan of universal healthcare. Let me explain why. Because if we have a person that's obese and says, I'm going to do what I want. I'm cool with that. I'm a very big freedom of choice person. Mm. But why should I pay for your healthcare and right. diabetes medication and all the stuff that comes from that disease? Because metabolic disease will lead to heart disease, cancers, diabetes, Alzheimer's, stuff of like that. And so I should pay for your healthcare based mm. on my taxes because you're a lazy, fat slob. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I know I'm not getting some fans from that, but here <laughs> we're supposed to do it that way. So that's Absolutely. why I will never be in favor of, 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 of universal healthcare because people are, won't take care of themselves. Yeah. And I think, you know, and, th- and this might be a bit controversial, but unfortunately us humans, we're lazy, right? We will take the quickest, easiest, most simplest yep. path to any destination or Absolutely. outcome that we want. And I, you know, the, the time now, if, if the last two years haven't taught us anything is now that we have to wake up, yes. wake up and then start taking yep. responsibility. So yes. you mentioned a little bit there about metabolic health and, the, and, and bad metabolic health as it relates to big, serious illnesses. Yep. Um, and one of my kind of issues that I have is that there's a lot of advertisements that go on in the UK for big, serious illnesses like cancer and all the rest of it. And it, and, and it's almost spoken about in that if you get it, you've kind of been dealt the unlucky card or whatever. And I don't believe that that's necessarily the case. I believe that we have the ability to mitigate quite significantly against these serious illnesses. And obviously you mentioned there about metabolic health and that being one of the big factors around that. Can you talk a little bit about what actually metabolic health is? Yeah, it's just, it's pure cellular function. Right. That's all this. Okay. Now let's look at this. Now I'm going to give you the lowest stat I can find the lowest stat. And remember, because I'm a very big, I'm a very big scientist. I keep a lot of data. I have clinics all yeah. over the world. I actually collect all my data from all my labs and everything like that. I get to speak at medical conferences. I'm speaking at a big one this weekend, even though I'm more of the natural doctor. Okay. Yeah. The lowest stat I can find in the world is that 95% of all illnesses are lifestyle factors. Right. Then the lowest I can find, I can't find 93. I can't find nine. That means that the majority of us, okay? Now, once again, people say, well, doc, what about genetic factor like trisomy 21 with Down syndrome? Yeah, you can see there's a problem. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? But remember, we are genetically programmed for normal. Let me give you an example, okay? Uh, I, if I step on your big toe, your blood pressure goes up. So I should, should and because it's a physical stress. Should I give you a natural or medical thing or should I get off your damn toe? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, and, and here's my point. When you look at family history, Family history shows you how bad your habits have been as a family, not that you're genetically programmed for disease. Right. Remember that, yeah. you Sam? Because if you eat like crap, you're going to teach your kids to eat like crap. Right. Leads to problems. Now, I believe that the world is very deficient in things. If you look at just even overall cellular health, okay? We know this quite well. That if you look at cancer, which is the second leading cause of death through most of the world and stuff, is we know that that starts within our, our mitochondria. Okay. So therefore, and lo and behold, let's even wait, let's, let's step back a little bit forward. Cause I know you'll love this one. Cause I said, everything I tell you just jump on the internet. This is very easily found. Yeah. Okay. If we look at just an immune cell in general, our white blood cells that protect us against all infections, including SARS-CoV-2, do you understand that, that those immune cells, how well they regenerate 
because remember, I'm a carpenter doctor and they are regenerative. Yeah. How well you build them is based on what we put into our body. Now, as we know, people say, well, vitamin C is great for your immune cells. True, but there is a receptor on the immune cells that brings vitamin C in there, creates the antioxidant process that allows the cell to live longer, regenerate, stay longer. And so therefore you can fight off more infections, even severe infections. Yeah. And guess what happens? It's called the GLUT1. Jump on there right now, type in G-L-U-T-1 and immune cell, and you'll see the little receptor that's on there. And that's how you get vitamin C in there. People say, well, doc, that's cool that these guys eat vitamin C. Well, it's not really true because you know why? There's also something that competes with that receptor. You know what it's called? Sugar. <laughs> so, so what you do now, that's why when people drink a soda, people say, doc, you're drinking a soda. No, I'm not. I'm drinking a Zevia. It's actually yeah. stevia and carbonated water. So I, yeah. I, don't, I, I don't drink soda. I think it's detrimental. And actually, that high concentration of sugar will compete with the vitamin C getting the immune cell, and the immune cell will die faster. Yeah. Okay? So then, so even though you ate vitamin C, you actually have so many stressors from your metabolic aspect of blood sugar. Mm -hmm. Now that relates even to like the mitochondria. Your mitochondria, the number one antioxidant for your mitochondria is your melatonin. It's melatonin. Right. It's not glutathione. It's melatonin. So when people don't actually sleep well, when, when, when they actually are stressed yes. out, like they do all things, what it's going to do, it sets that now up for metabolic disease, which in right. turn is called cancer. Yeah. Do you even say I'm? And so us as, us as my profession, and actually being a carpenter type doctor, as you get my analogy, is mm -hmm. we're always searching to give the body what it needs, pull the things away that can actually lead to those metabolic diseases, because now that cellular degeneration leads to some disease. Yeah. Disease does not happen because of genetic. Right. Disease happens <clears throat> trying to survive. Do you understand that most diseases, your body's trying to survive actually all the bad stuff that you're either doing to it or happening to it? Yeah. 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 No, I totally so, agree. And I, and I think, you know, part of some of the, the issues that we have is that we have these kind of reward centers in the brain that we get from when we eat sugar and stuff like that. And we yep. believe that and we convince ourselves that we only have it once in a while or it's okay a little bit. But actually, if you really are consciously aware of what you're doing, you're actually having it on a daily basis, multiple times a day. And unfortunately, I think the other side to it is, is the whole processed food industry, right? Which we could, we can delve into. Um, so we've talked in depth there a lot about obviously metabolic health and, yep. and inflammation. So with the listeners listening to this, maybe they, they've been scared into action or maybe they, they're, they're sitting up and taking notice. Yep. What are the basic fundamental things that we can start doing today to start to reverse perhaps where we're at? Well, I, I want to come in maybe a bigger picture on that. If you look at what throws both men and women's bodies off, it's actually a form of stress. Right. Okay. Now I've proven beyond shower doubt my whole career that women will be crushed from emotional stress faster than anything. They right. could eat good. They could do everything perfect. Emotional stress destroys them. Actually, it doesn't do that to men. It doesn't. Men actually right. are stronger during stress. Okay. Their testosterone levels will even go up during that time. But if you look at it this way, there's physical stressors, there's chemical stressors, and there's emotional stressors. Right. So what people need to do is this. They need to start removing them and you can test for them. That's the point. If there's one thing that I can say is this, where I would always start with somebody is, Hey, listen, you don't know what's inflammatory to your diet unless you test for it. Yeah. Okay. And we're all going to eat every single day with the exception. I want men to fast more, but here's what happens. This is so I'm a person. Remember, you're always going to get the answer of labs for me. You can test for physical stressors. You can do an x-ray. You can do the old things that way. You can actually get a food test done. And believe it or not, there are some stressors to where some people need a stool test because they're low with bacteria and viruses in their system. And that's a constant pebble in a shoe. 
Ladies, trust me, you need to get your stress hormones tested to see where you're at. And you'd be surprised how many women even feel great and their stress hormones are so off that their body's in constant fight or flight. Right. If you look at general, I'm telling people this, number one, just even clean up your diet. Do you understand? Clean up the things that can add that stress to your diet. Really can. Now, they're wrong. We need glucose. There is a certain amount of glucose that we need. That's Mm -hmm. why you got to make sure your levels don't drop below 70. Okay, that's cool. We understand. And the whole keto thing drives me nuts because here's what happens. I'm not a keto person because here's what happens this. Your body still runs better on glucose than it ever does in fatty acids. I don't know why people keep on saying that. I can show you the best neurologist that I've interviewed on my show all the way. Your body still runs best on glucose. It doesn't run best on fatty acids. That is, not, that is a very false statement okay. and stuff. And most people, most people that push keto the most, see what that do is this, is you gotta be careful because there's, you know, people don't realize that uh, um, when, they, when they go so far that way, um, you can put yourself into a bad state, um, whole other yeah. topic. But drunk, people say, well, doc, you're kind of promoting keto. No, I'm not because your job is this. The majority of all my sugars, because uh, remember, a green's a sugar. Yeah. Uh, vegetables are sugar. You say, I'm, I just am a very big complex carbohydrate and you go keto and drop your sugars below 30 grams. That scares me. I probably do 80 grams of sugar per day, but it's based on sauerkraut. Right. It's based on things yeah. like that, that are, I love sauerkraut, <clears throat> man. If you want to talk about guys, you want to talk about as long as you're allergic to cabbage. Now, once yeah. again, you can be allergic to cabbage. So allergies trump everything. You're talking to a person that could die from an egg. Okay. Yeah. So allergies to me are still, because people say, doc, I have a healthy diet. I'm like, let me see your food lab. Well, I don't have my food tested. Then you can't tell me what a good diet is for no. you. No. So, but, but no joke. So I'm a high sugar person when it comes to all of your, all of your fermented. I'm a big fermentation person. Yeah. I love sauerkraut. I love, uh, I love having fermented carbohydrates that actually are high in fiber. Fiber is really the key. Yeah. So that's why people say lower than 30 grams of sugar. I'm like, guys, that's not a good state. Now people call it healthy keto. That's not keto. See, I love how they always change. That's like this yeah. football to you is football to us is American football. If all of a sudden our American football, Aaron Rodgers started throwing a soccer ball. Don't call it football anymore. It's a different sport. Yeah. So this healthy keto and all these things that no, you're just keto is keto. If you want to create a different term, create a different term because people get confused. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think, yeah, I think the whole, the whole keto thing is taken out of context so many times. Um, and yeah, um, we could we could go off on that. Well, do, you know, do you know how keto actually started, right? Now go on. See, it, see here's what happens this. It started with epilepsy and seizures because right. they didn't want any excitation to the brain. So when you actually are using more fatty acids for the brain, it calmed it down so you had less seizures. But once right. again, you get that low of low of glucose, it's it's a bad day. And that's mm. why there can be long-term effects. And that's why when people they're trying to do it more for weight loss and stuff. But when you look at long-term health, keto cannot it cannot maintain it if you actually look at true keto. No, absolutely. And I think fiber the, the whole discussion around fiber is really, really important because we just don't get enough fiber in our diets, yeah. do we? Not no. not at all. And, and so from your uh, point of view, how much fiber would you kind of on average, obviously we're all different. Um, would you recommend we get in our diets a day and what kind of sources? Yeah. Well, let's start this. I always try to convince every patient as long as I'm allergic to it, even females. Uh, I would like to see them do three to five tablespoons of sauerkraut per day. Right. Um, I am a very big potassium based person because here's what happens to this. We need 4,700 milligrams per potassium per day just to even have our RDAs. And that's anywhere from seven to 12 cups of vegetables per day. So I'm a very big person that says, you know, beet greens are actually fantastic that way. Some avocados, please don't use bananas. You're going to over sugar yourself like crazy <laughs> trying to get 4,700 that way. So if you look at the major electrolytes that we do have, 
Yeah. You'll also be in the chiropractor herself. I want neurological function. You don't have your electrolytes. You actually lose energy. A lot of women actually mm. lose energy because they don't have enough electrolytes in their diet. Okay. Right. Um, and so I'm big on the potassium based vegetables. That way they're significant. And once again, those also come with a ton of fiber. So yeah. I'm, I'm pushing mass amount of fiber per day on there. Now, once again, not psyllium husk. I'm not a fan of psyllium husk. Okay. I'm more of a, I'm more of a, I'm more of a fermented food kind of person that way. Yep. Um, that, that allows a person because you have, you, you throw some good fermented beets in there. Now you get the aspect for your liver, which is actually one of the best things for your liver is beets. Um, uh, so therefore, as long as we can get those high fiber based veggies that way, um, and you want to make them superfood, start fermenting them, you know, saying, yep. and, uh, and then you've actually, you're setting yourself up. Now, if it's going to sound funny, that's actually not my favorite foods. Okay. See, as you know, my background is nutrition. Yeah. Okay. Um, your healthiest foods still on the planet. You can look this up in every nutrition book and every research. Nothing dominates more than organ meats. Yes. So I'm a uh, big yeah. liver, kidney, heart. I actually even, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of brain. I'm a fan of adrenals. I'm a fan of thyroid gland that way. And then yes, I know people won't eat them. So guess what? Get them encapsulated, but then you pay more. You really do. Mm. That's why that's called supplement. You're supplementing yeah. things that you do not eat. I'm going to try to get everybody to eat that. I have uh, no joke. So I just started now an eight day fast. I'm going to have a little water, water, coffee, and Zevia. I will do a little electrolyte powder to keep my insulin levels down very low. What happens is this last night, my meal before I was done, I had a nice huge chunk of uh, liverwurst, all organic grass finished. And then I actually had uh, sauerkraut. Right. And, and so therefore, and no joke, I'm 47 years old. I'm in fantastic shape. I actually, you know, I actually, my testosterone levels at 846, my CRP, my calcium. Remember, I get all the medical testing done. I, well, I yeah. also, ha- also yeah. have the labs and stuff of like that here. But the idea is this is in our clinics and everything. But the idea is this. It's like, I'm 47 years old. I have more energy. I go, 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 go like crazy. And people are like, oh, doc, but you're 47. I'm like, yeah, age is not dictating it. It's how as a carpenter, I'm constantly building my body and mm. giving what needs to regenerate. I'm not waiting for a pathological metal approach that we dominate here in the whole world. And, yeah. and that's where we can be very specific for each male and female on the planet, which now led to what we're doing today. Yeah, definitely. I'm really glad you brought up the, the topic of organ meats because I think, yep. you know, when I was a child, I don't know if it was mm-hmm. like the same in America, we used to have that. That was part of our staple in our part diet. Yeah, mm-hmm. but we've gone away from that now and it was demonized into, into much as, you know, it wasn't great meat and all the rest of it. But actually here in the UK, that's yeah. now started to come back in and you can yeah. now get organ meats quite readily yeah. Um, yeah. from butchers and things like that. So that's um, really well, interesting. That's why when people say, Doc, what do you think of carnivore diet? I said, do you understand the carnivore diet is actually pure sugar? Yeah. You know that, right? Because right. if you eat lean meats, what mm. you now do, you will create that into sugar. Right. You understand? And so that's why when people say carnivore, I'm like, yes, here's what happens. Everybody looks at these diets and they lose weight right away. So they think it's great. I'm like, it's not maintainable for health. Now, if you want to do some meats with some organ meats, okay, I'm cool with that. Yeah. But you better have the amount of fat that you need. Stop eating lean meats. It's ridiculous. They Mm. absorb quickly. They break down and the the nitrogen gets off. Your UN levels in your lab will go up and you'll end up turning into sugar. Do you see? That's why you look at these bodybuilders. They still have a gut on them. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, and they're drinking, they're, they're having, they're drinking these protein shakes. Please stop doing that stuff. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it just, it turns to pure sugar. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's like going, and, and, and that's why people, oh my doc, you start answering all these questions. Yes. Cause I think like a carpenter. Yes. By analogy, right. You know yeah. And so therefore that's why if you want to do carnivore, you better have an organ meat with it every single time. Otherwise yeah. you're going to change a lot to sugar. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a great advice. So with a lot of guys that I work with that immediately when they, they come to me or they start talking to me, they want to get fit, they want to get healthy, but immediately they assume that they have to start restricting calories. Right. Uh, and then they have to eat all, like you say, lean meats and everything else. I, I don't like the term diet. I think it's a, a, a an incorrect term. So where do you sit on that in terms of diet or eat, or are you just from the point of just eat, you know, what the body's supposed to take in? Yeah. So here's what happens. If you think about this way, let's even go back to deficiencies. So I just covered this on a very big podcast. Okay. So People know I, I, I'm against toxic food. Um, yes, I'm more of an organic person because I don't want chemicals. I don't want all stuff that. I don't like soy-fed, corn-fed cows, fatty livers, yeah. all stuff of that. But I want you to think about this. Let me give you a little thing that's a little easier for patients and people to handle. I always call it the ad diet. Now, remember, I just make up shit. So just understand, oh, it's not <laughs> that shit. Okay, no, I want me about ad. So think of this way. If I come, to, yes, I want people, to, I want guys to stop sugar right away. But guess what happens? If I could just say, could you add an organ meat in for me just mm. to start? Because at least if I give your body the sufficient nutrients, because let's say that you're going to take a boat like the old days when there was no transportation or flight from you to, to even just New York City. Do you understand that the majority of people end up with scurvy? You right. understand? Because they lacked vitamin C and they ended up with certain conditions yeah. because they had a major deficiency. Yeah. We have people that have abundance of food, even taking a lot of calories, and they're still very deficient. Guys, look it up. You need 4,700 milligrams of potassium a day just for your body to function, and most people don't even get 1,000. Wow. And you look at all the conditions that come from that, you go, well, if I just would have had some nutrients, I, my body could have functioned perfectly, but it doesn't, yeah. so it has to adapt to your bad habits of deficiencies. Yeah. So I'm trying to get people to just start with high, good, nutrient-dense things because- yeah they can actually even see a positive effect, even weight loss by adding some things in. Oh, yes. Right. I want people to, I, I believe right now that especially guys should go down to like maybe one meal a day to start just because their insulin levels are so dang high. You got to get them under control. Mm -hmm. But longevity wise, obviously I'd rather have you have a more sufficiency of nutrients than a deficiency and trying to limit your stuff. Yeah. Um, because you can't run a car, as you said, on an empty fuel tank, even if the car is a 2022. Yeah. So I'm trying to get people to add some good things in first. And then as they see some progress and we look at their labs and go, Hey, Mr. Jones, you're converting your testosterone to estrogen. You're at levels of 300. You're saying, if you just pull away that sugar, your testosterone probably go up to four, 500 estrogen yeah. levels will go down. You'll lose those man boobs. Yeah. You'll have more energy. You'll be more driven. You'll be more motivated. And then they start making those baby steps. And yeah. then a year goes by and they create momentum. Yeah, absolutely. I think, and, and that's the thing, right? It's baby steps. All too often as humans, we like to throw everything out and start from scratch and it just doesn't work. You nope. can't stay consistent enough. But yep. where, where we, when we're talking about this in terms of um, exercise related yep. to nutrition, now I'll hold my hands up. I tried the keto diet and I'm an endurance athlete two years yep. ago. Absolutely ruined me. That's a bad day destroyed one of my races yep. it was terrible yep. so you know that that went out the window but for guys that are maybe doing you know one workout a day and obviously they're changing their nutrition yep. obviously around the fasting side of things yep. how do you what's your kind of viewpoint on fasting and exercising oh we gotta be very careful you right. know what I'm saying? it's like i'm 
it's a little different for me because I am, I've done literally hundreds of tests on myself and I still do. I yeah. just have my testosterone levels done again. I know what my needs are. I know what my things are. So I'll fast for this eight days. And I was on my Peloton this morning, DMCM, right. and I'm going to hit it hard, but I know, but you got to remember, I also had my sufficiency of my organ meat and things like that, that yeah. remember it takes food to clear your system about three days. So right. I may be fasting right now, but actually my body's eating right now because it's going to take about three days for that liver and things to pass through. Yep. So that's why people say, doc, I'm fasting. I mean, there's no such thing. Guys, let me say this. There's no such thing as intermittent fasting. You just skipped a meal. Your body that you ate last night is going to be digesting that for the next couple yep. of days. You're yep. saying you need to be 72 hours with, without anything in order to truly be fasting. So I hate all these made up terms like intermittent fasting, everything like that. No, most people benefit from fasting because they reduce their calorie intake and they, it really it's the morning. So they got rid of all their sugar. Do you know what yep. I'm saying? People yep. eat more sugar in the morning than they eat anything else. So Here's what happens this. And that's why I told you. That's why when people I say, if you're an athlete, cut out sugar and let me tell you how it's going to work for you. Your body runs best on sugar. Okay. Mm. And that seems contradicting, but it's not. So that's why when people long term, I said, you couldn't, you can't do keto and actually move a ton. It's, it's destroy you. Because mm. guess what happens? Your body will start breaking down your proteins yes. and convert them into sugar. And then your nitrogen goes up in your blood. That's why your BUM levels go up in your lab. And now you have actually horrible nitrogen-based blood, which is going to create acidity, which is going to destroy your arteries. And that's all keto. Anyways, mm. we can go with that whole thing. Remember, I can go on tangents yeah. on this all day long. <laughs> See, so therefore, but here's what happens. What, it, what I would do with you as a high-level athlete, I'd have, ran, I'd have ran your blood work probably every three days. Right. You can say, I'm, and then I would have seen what your needs were mm. and say, okay, Darren, here's what you need to do in order to keep that high performance with what you're doing. See, I know that with my body. I know how hard I can push yeah. it. Yeah. And on top of it, here's what happens this. If you're fasting, you do very short, high-intensity workouts. Right. So yeah. I did my Peloton, 15 minutes, hit it hard. If I'd go down there for an hour, I can't fast. No. Because I'm going to deplete myself, and then it's going to start going after you know these guns you know, yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. And you don't want to do that. That's why a lot of athletes, that's why you ever look, long-distance runners, they lose their muscle mass because mm. they don't know how to maintain it. Yeah. And stuff like that. And if you're here, watch this. This is a whole nother topic because my world's always been females. Because people don't know how to take care of their daughters, they start doing athletics and they lose their cycle because they don't know how to keep their hormones normal. Ah, interesting. Whole different topic. That's yeah. my world. Okay. Yeah. That... So, yes. So, if you're fasting, high burst short term. Yeah. Perfect. So, so we've talked a lot today then about the various different elements of, you know, overall health from yep. inflammation to metabolic health to just yep. basically kind of stripping it back to the basics. So for the guys listening today, then what would you say are the five key things that they should really be taking away from this podcast today? Number one, organ meats, right? Get it, get them sufficiency. Okay. Yep. Number two, your electrolytes. Mm -hmm. You say I'm metabolic health there. Number three, please avoid sugar as much as you can. Now, what I mean by that is this, your simple carbohydrates. Yeah. Four, if you're not four, get tested in your food allergies. Five, actually start eating sauerkraut at least five tablespoons a day, especially if you're overweight, then maybe push it to 10. Yeah. Okay. Those things are very low cost. Those things just take a little bit of effort. And I would add something else in there. Guys, it's extremely important for you to move every day. Women, if you exercise every day, you'll be very sick and unhealthy and eventually fat from your exercise. Whole different topic. Yeah. The idea is this. <laughs> so that's where that's where I start. Now, you want to get more intense, start doing some good fasting. Every male needs to fast at least 72 hours yeah. every three months. 
every yeah. three, it's in, in minimal 72 hours. If you do it 48 hours, you didn't go long enough. You're still digesting food. You really didn't put yourself in a state of fasting. Everybody stop saying intermittent fasting. There's no such thing. It's made up for people that reduce their calories and the sugar in the morning. Just say right. that. Yeah. Okay. Because biologically from a health standpoint, your body does not enter a fasting state until 72 hours. Right. Okay. Yeah. And, and it's at that point when he starts to go through autophagy. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Right. Okay. So people think, oh, I'm intermittent fasting. I'm doing autophagy. No, you're not. You're not even <laughs> close to it yet. It's yeah. like, you know, it's just that you reduce a bunch of your sugar because you're eating fruit loops and everything in the morning <laughs> and your Starbucks coffee and all your you know things that way. So of course you feel better. It's like if you yeah. say, doc, what do you think of blood type diet? I think it's stupid because you know why? There's no such thing as four diets for everybody based on a blood type, but everybody feels better because you restrict yourself down to nothing. Yeah. I mean, my, my take on all these diets is that if you take, if you move away from a Western diet, you're going to feel good no matter what you do. <laughs> That's the point. That's what I said. But see, but here's what happens. It's not specific for anybody's needs. So long-term it doesn't work. Yeah, absolutely. See, because if you look at how the body's built, you need certain things. Mm. Just here, this will blow everybody's mind away. Just go look at your potassium levels. I guarantee not one of your listeners are getting 4,700. Well, do you Here's know it. what? Since you said that, I'm actually going to test mine now because yep. I'm concerned because that is a lot of potassium. Well, remember, you can't test it. You can't. Your blood work only shows extracellular potassium. Potassium right. is intracellular. Do you understand? Okay. Oh, trust me. Like I said, you understand I can go for hours on this. Yeah, stuff. Well, uh, we need got, we need uh, yeah. we need to have you back on again. I think we need to we need to talk to about some other topics. Yeah. But yeah. look, I really appreciate. I'm really glad I came across you, and um, thank you. I really appreciate you taking the time out to come on the podcast. Uh, it'd be amazing yeah. if you could come to the UK and do some talks in the UK like you do in the US. Um, yes. I for one would be there. So you've got one one, one participant. Um, but for people that want to find out more about your work and stuff, how yeah. can they connect to you? It's really simple. Just go to thewellnessway.com. Our website gets, we are are a huge website because we have clinics all over the world, but also I put all my videos, everything's free. I'm going to say this too. I'm I'm very proud of this. We don't try to sell you anything. Let me say why. It's because there's no two person that need the same. You're going to find out that all of my videos, all the things I put out there are, are begging you guys and showing you the need to get tested. Yeah. Tested. Yeah. Because then you as an individual can take control and figure out what your body needs. Yeah. See, that's what I said. So people say, well, doc, should I start taking potassium? No, doc, this, no, you got it. You got to actually figure out what you need and stuff of that. There are some basic things that we can do that can change a person's life overnight. No joke. Just by some of the things we talked about today, yeah. but labs are the key to figuring out what you need. And that puts you in control. So you don't end up with all the things and needing all the Western medicine, all stuff like yeah. that, that we've seen in, in actually, especially in this pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. You don't need the fire brigade, right? You've yep. got no house exactly. to put out. So yeah. Thanks. Exactly. So thank you very much again for coming on. To thank you, Darren. Podcast. And um, yeah, I'd love to meet you in person in the future. Awesome. Well, thank you for us for having me. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the fitter, healthier dad podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please hit subscribe. And I would really appreciate if you could leave a review on iTunes. All the links mentioned in the episode will be in the show notes. And a full transcription is over at fitterhealthierdad.com.